I really do think having a hard hearts and the harder your hearts get in marriage is it bodes very poorly on the future happiness, the future unity, and the future survival of your marriage. Mm. And so it's very important that we, as a couple, understand and acknowledge our need for soft hearts. It's also important to acknowledge that it's not our tendency to just go around with a soft heart. Like mm-hmm. we tend to harden our hearts to each other. And we're going to talk about how, how our hearts gets, get hardened mm. uh, and in what instances maybe you can identify your listener with some of those with the end game of understanding how... God is using our marriage to soften our hearts both to each other, but also to him Mm -hmm. and to the work that he's doing in us, through us and around us, specifically in our family, in our marriage. Um, Yeah, we have a long rundown today. We have a lot of notes. We're going to try to, it's going to be really packed episode. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) See you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much, listeners, raiders, reviewers. If you have not taken the chance to do that, do it. It helps get the word out about fierce marriage, the message of the gospel wow. about marriage. But you know what? Just I'm jump right into insecure. it. Just, <laughs> just jump right quiet. into it. <laughs> you made me feel so you insecure so voice. quickly. Mm, man, keep going in that. If anyway. you want to support this podcast, you can do so via Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. You can partner with us and be on mission. We can all be on mission together mm. to <laughs> point <laughs> couples to Christ and... Commission them for the gospel. I just wish you were on board with this whole thing. I got lots of things in my head, all right? Three little ones. In your head. Are you... (laughs) They're in your head. (laughs) I don't know. Are you being facetious? I'm trying to read you here. Anyways, thank you already to those patrons who do support the Fierce Marriage Podcast and Fierce Marriage all together because it really does. In this day and age, man, there's a lot happening. There's There's a lot of division. A lot of division, and it feels like it's so great to like the, unify and be yes. unified with brothers and sisters in Christ around just just making him the king. The <laughs> light is good. The light is bright. Love it is good. And sometimes it feels really dark. So I'm so ah, grateful to but our But the patrons. light has shined in the darkness, and the darkness has not, not overcome, overcome it. it. I yes. know, but just seeing but people partnering is, is just a tangible yes. no, no, yeah. way to see that. Cool. And if you have any questions, go to Fierce Marriage dot com slash podcast you can leave a question there you're jumping right into the business it you said you me. wanted me to talk more it so remi- i'm talking well, <laughs> and then i get no i didn't it's not that you don't talk enough i just like your voice and i feel like you have a lot of good things to say oh, today pressure's on, pressure's on. <laughs> i i've wanted to bring back something that i've i've long let kind of fade into the the background Uh-oh. and it's this this dream i have of Uh-oh. selena's special sauce <laughs> salty and sweet secret sauce oh what a treat that's special it's special and secret because it's secret. It's so I mean, secret. <laughs> it doesn't even exist. Listener, if you're new, <laughs> Selena has a very salty side. And when you when you came out of the gate, just like right into the business, that reminded me of your salty side. Just business, Selena. <laughs> Why is you, it salty? Why can't I don't know. Sweet? It just reminded me of it. Just I'm just questioning everything these days. <laughs> I think we oh, all are. Oh, my life. <laughs> I don't know. Days are, days are short. The days are short. <laughs> They're getting Dwight. longer, actually. <laughs> they are, and it's okay. great. 
So let's actually get somewhere with this episode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about soft hearts and how mm. necessary they are and how the Lord calls us to remain. Mm. Really, I feel like clay, right? And is in the hands of the potter, for a lack of a better term, to be, to have hearts of flesh, not hearts of stone. But how much of that do we see happening in our marriage mm. that is, you know, caused by sin? And how much of that is, is happening that we're just like, allowing to happen and just engaging in at such a minimal level that Hmm. like yeah i don't know just you know what like our defaults what are what are our defaults in our marriage and how how are those things either contributing to a soft heart or a hard heart so what do we mean i guess would be well you probably okay well i I was thinking hand up but i was thinking i I wanted to make a note i can't get a word in edgewise so i have to get the hand (laughs) in edgewise um so i was thinking through scripture right so if you think about any kind of call that god places on us or on his people or Jesus, anything he calls us into is almost always going to be on the, on the side of softening our hearts, Mm -hmm. right? So repenting, repenting is not a hard heart thing. It's a soft heart thing. Mm. Being slow to speak, quick to listen. That's not a hard heart thing. That's a soft heart Mm. thing. Forgiving others is a soft hearted activity. Um, activity, activity. Uh, (laughs) opening yourself up in marriage and being vulnerable and walking in the light. That's a soft hearted thing to to have. We call it, well, we didn't coin this term, but meaningful risk, right? Yeah. Andy Crouch, that's comes from his book, strong and weak, uh, being, being, uh, available. Like in other words, we're going to talk and I'm going to let what you say affect my heart. That's a soft hearted thing. Mm -hmm. That's listening with a soft heart. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I mean, and the Gottmans have some research around this, around respect, namely, and around contempt <laughs> is one of the, is one of, uh, I think, the, the direst signs of a hardened heart is you mm. have contempt, which is a mixture of anger and disgust toward another. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I really do think having a hard hearts and the harder your hearts get in marriage is, it bodes very poorly on the future happiness, the future unity, and the future survival of your marriage. Mm. And so it's very important that we, as a couple, understand and acknowledge our need for soft hearts. It's also important to acknowledge that it's not our tendency to just go around with a soft heart. Like mm-hmm. we tend to harden our hearts to each other. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I want to go into scripture first um, and then kind of use it as our baseline. And then just to give you a kind of an outlay of where we're going, we're going to give some, um, we're going to talk through some, some hopefully relevant examples to kind of get us thinking in, in terms mm-hmm. that actually affect us throughout the episode. Um, but also we will share battlefronts of the, the mind, the words and your actions and talk through how this plays out in those various mm-hmm. battlefronts as Selena coined <laughs> calls them. Um, then we're going to clearly define uh, soft hearts in light of all of that. And then contrast soft and hard hearts. There's a lot to go through today. Well, there's also three efforts I'm calling them towards okay. keeping a soft heart oh, towards good. your spouse. Good. Okay. Didn't so see that in the rundown, did you? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Just so far Maybe above my head. Maybe if you would read it. Well, I haven't gotten that far. This thing's a <laughs> novel. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So we're going to read Matthew 19, uh, verses 1 through 8. And then Selena... Um, that then that actually points us to uh, Deuteronomy 24. So Selena, let's let's have you read that. Um, here goes Matthew 19, 1 through eight. And the Pharisees came up to to Jesus and tested him by asking, "Is it lawful to, to divorce one's wife for any cause?" And he answered, "You have not have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh." So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore has, what therefore God has joined together, 
Let not man separate. So they said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce to send her away? He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Okay, so they were basically wondering, okay, so the context is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. There's two different interpretations of this uh, law in, the, 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 in Deuteronomy 24. Um, it's giving kind of, it's laying out laws for divorce. And the debate was mainly around what the word indecency meant and what and what made divorce possible in cases of quote-unquote indecency. So, Selena, can you read um, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 5? I just want to make sure we have it all out there. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled for that is an abomination before the lord and you shall not bring sin upon the land that the lord your god is giving you for an inheritance okay it's a bit of a confusing passage but basically the thing that jesus and the pharisees are honing in here on is the word indecency. So because he has found some indecency in her, therefore he writes her a certificate of divorce. Now, this opened up all kinds of legal loopholes, right, in Jewish law. And so, because it's like, well, I say you're indecent. So hmm. so they were they were debating, what is indecency? Is it like a... a so the so, Pharisees were debating in Matthew 19 yes. what this law we are reading in Deuteronomy was saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. We're throwing that. out divorce. We're throwing out Jesus right, said, right. and so there's a lot of triggers here. So, so, he, but I love how Jesus responds because they are embroiled in this debate, and they are testing him, right? As the Pharisees did, they're always wanting to kind of catch him. Yeah, because again, he was claiming to be the Messiah, right? And they didn't believe Big he claim. was. Big claim. Yeah. They didn't believe he was. He hadn't been the first, but he's the only one to really prove it, as we know, right? As we read in, in the, the New Testament. He fulfilled all the prophecies. He yes. fulfilled, yeah. And so, but they weren't buying it because they had hardened their heart. That's a separate topic. But here, they're embroiled in this debate, uh, and they're trying to catch him in some way so that basically they can pick a side. Mm. In the, you know what I mean? Right. And that, it's a little bit, it's relevant today, right? Because everybody's right. trying to catch everybody. It's a oh, gotcha yeah. moment. There's a lot of, yep. All these gotcha moments uh, everywhere. All these landmines. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, instead of that, he, instead of engaging in that debate, he instead goes to the heart of what God says about marriage, where he says, did you not read the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let man not separate. Okay. So he is, is saying instead of getting caught up in the semantics of this law, yes, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed that. But the point is, is it was your hardness of heart that caused it. So let's go back to why your hearts mm. are so hard. And, and we, we should do the same things that we should be doing the same thing that Jesus did is that we should be looking at what God's original design was. And there, and so the hope then there is that our heart would be softened naturally by our obedience and our desire to obey God and our desire to know him and to see his will played out in our lives. Mm. Right. So the important thing we want to do here is it, Again, the, the I think we tend to underplay how important it is to have softened hearts. We get so caught up in what's right, what's wrong, who's right, who's wrong, 
what justice am I, am, what injustice am I experiencing in our marriage? Uh, how have I been wronged and, and how can I be made, how can this be made right? Instead, let's look at God's heart for marriage itself mm-hmm. and his heart for ha- us having soft hearts. Am, am I saying this correctly? I think. Yes, I think you are. And I think I just want to say like, we are not, you won't ever hear us say, oh, the, these are the, these are the reasons why you can get a divorce and these are the reasons why you cannot. This is not, we will never say that on this podcast, just well, to be clear. Because we're focused on, we are yeah. focused on, 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 on the gospel and on the hearts, right, of, of uh, the heart of God and then how our hearts can be um, reflective of his heart, right? And so if they're not, if they are hardened, right, we're not, mm. why, what are the causes of those reasons? Yeah. And so we're, <clears throat> and also like conversations around divorce and stuff. If you're getting divorce advice from a podcast, please stop. You yeah. need to get pastoral advice. You need pastoral care. Yeah face-to-face. Um, and so that's also why we don't really go there because that's not, not something to be broadcast. We'd rather just broadcast God's truth. If mm-hmm. you Now, that passage does exist. Yeah. So if so, you, you need a pastor, a pastor to walk you through that Absolutely. And, and shepherd you through that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, let's look at what does... Okay. So what are some examples, just so we all kind of are on the same page, of what hardness of heart can look like in a in, in a marriage. day-to-day marriage yeah um you kind of mentioned it i think before just this lack of forgiveness mm. um really shows that we kind of have a hard heart uh towards god right and in a way and obviously towards each other if we're not extending forgiveness right we're not very clay-like right we're hard mm. we're formed and i think we're called to be more clay-like <laughs> yeah the, the mm-hmm. lack of forgiveness I, I put a note in there it's a hard heart toward god as well because it, what is it the parable of the mm, the unforgiving servant right parable of the unforgiving servant i think it's in matthew 11 or 12 some, somewhere around there yes and so uh it's where his the servant had been forgiven this massive debt like more money than we could ever right. any average human right. being will ever encounter had been forgiven of him, uh, of from the, the king or whoever was he owed the money to, and then that servant, then having been forgiven, went away and like basically strangled his buddy for twenty bucks, and said, "You owe me money, pay me." And so that is a that signifies a that lack of forgiveness toward a brother, mm-hmm. toward a sister in Christ. It signifies not just a hard, hardness of heart toward each other, but a hardness of heart toward God. We have not experienced the fullness of forgiveness. And that is ours in the gospel. Mm-hmm. We we are hardened toward that. So that is honestly, it's a huge red flag. Lack of forgiveness. Right. Uh, the next one. Do you want? Do you have some, something else to say to that? No, 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 no. Okay. The next one. Um, <clears throat> shoot, I just clicked away. The An next one. Inability to is, discuss frustrations without devolving into a fight. Mm. I think that's a consistent in, inability, right? Like, because I think you and I, we have. I. It's hard to discuss like hot topics, right? That were, and not. There are certain topics, I think, and we talked, touched on this last week, I think, that it's hard for us to not fight about on some things, mm-hmm. right? It's re- Or it's just really hard for us to find agreement um, around certain topics and issues. And so I don't know. I guess I'm arguing that, yes, it is a hardness of heart. So I right. guess how do we navigate? How do we locate that hardness, right, in those this is just one example. So I don't know. Well, I, that's just I, it I, because I it's an inab- inability <laughs> To get so while we are in that place of inability, mm-hmm. we're actually I think having hard hearts in that area, right? And where we when we soften our hearts to each other, that's when we actually begin having productive dialogue. Sure. And so it's not that it's this constant 
inability. It's that in moments, maybe we have an inability to do that. And we ask God to soften our hearts toward each other. Right. So there's a, there's a softening, there's a softening of the heart that happens maybe, uh, on a grander scale mm-hmm. when we, when, when God opens our eyes and by his grace, we accept salvation in Christ, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's a grand softness of heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, a, that's a heart that's been transformed, right? But then there's kind of this emotional maturity, emotional awareness dynamic that is kind of a constant, mm-hmm. like we, we want to re callous ourselves a little right, bit. Right. And so that's what I think you're getting at is it's, we always will struggle with some conversations. I would imagine right. maybe when we're further along, we've had more time and things are less important because yeah. we're like in our eighties. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know if that, that was weird to say. I didn't mean that <laughs> they're not any less important, but what I'm saying is that you have less in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You have more life behind you. Sure. So anyway, uh, devolving into a fight. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a big problem. So the next one is a lack um, of daily graces toward one another. What I mean by that is, uh, like you're not like every little thing you're nitpicking each other. Mm. Right. Selena loves to nitpick me I because know, but, I oh. happen to leave a thing on the counter once or twice. Every she night. points it out. <laughs> every night. It's a party every night. <laughs> Woo! No time to clean when we're partying. Uh, it's like popcorn, like <laughs> bags and stuff. <laughs> Don't want to miss the show. <laughs> There's a pause button. <laughs> well, you never pause it anymore. So- soften your pause button. Heart. What did you, this next one is talking about emotional drift. Is that kind of a drift, like away from emotional intimacy? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of, you used to be really close friends. You're laughing together. Think about what you do with a good friend when you're both in good moods, mm. right? You're laughing, you're talking you're you're not it's not in any way sort of forced it just yeah. is and yeah. you just enjoy each there's other there's a softening there of your heart absolutely yeah you're just enjoying each other's absolutely. presence there's no pretense there's no expectation you're just enjoying each other an emotional drift is when that stops it just doesn't exist yeah and so you become more like roommates less like partners in marriage mm. less like people who are actively loving each other and right. more like people who are enduring each other Ooh. and and who are like just basically like <laughs> coexisting yes okay point taken obscured and untouchable areas in one or both spouses Mm. so untouchable quote unquote yeah so areas like um i'm like like i'm thinking works like say uh this is always a big thing for husbands i i work to provide for my family that's a good thing that's a grace of god so you can't question it right well if work ever gets too far out of hand i think Mm. of i think of jim and pam in the office when he goes to work for athlete and it's like Such a terrible name. it's a terrible name <laughs> and i think they know that that's why it's so funny and he goes to work there and it's like in it's, philadelphia in philadelphia yeah. it's however far away and it's starting to really hurt their marriage and pam is really trying to help make it happen and she, he uh he basically almost costs them their marriage they end up going to counseling and jim is faced with this choice right they have this huge opportunity to to do this like three month tour around the the country, pitching their athlete services to all these like childhood heroes of his, like <laughs> basketball stars and yeah. like sports agents and stuff like that. It's like a dream thing for him. Yeah. And Daryl's there like saying, man, you got to do this. It's a no brainer. And, and Jim's like, yeah, that sounds great, but I can't do it. Sorry. Can't go. Yeah. And so that to me is, is, is the, the contrast to what a lot of husbands would do be like, it's my job. I got to do it. I got to provide. It's my dream. It's my mm. thing. So it's untouchable because it will always be the way that I provide for you. Yeah. And untouchable. So don't argue like, with it. Yeah. It's not. Don't question it. Yes. Good job. 
uh, and it's obscure or obscured, meaning that like, uh, we're either not aware of it or it's just never been on the table of discussion. Right. So there's that sense of don't ask because it's off limits, but there's also the sense that like, we just don't talk about this thing. Yeah. Because it's just too big and scary or we don't know about it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if it was allowed to be on the table or not. Like that's maybe part of the untouchable. Yeah. Well, like like family dynamics. Like if if one um, – in-laws are a huge source of strife for many marriages because say, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) say I love – you know, I love my mom and dad. And, you know, there's – I don't want to use us because they might listen (laughs) and I don't want them to feel like they're thrown under the bus. Say a couple, uh, a, a wife really loves her. She's really close with her mom, but say her mom is just really divisive or, and is not, you know, for this whatever reason. It's not the truth. It's not the case. And yeah. it's like if the husband, he just feels like he can't. Right. Her, her, his yes. wife's heart is hardened toward him in that area because. There's she, an allegiance there. There's just an allegiance. Yeah. yeah. And so he feels like he can never bring it up because right. it'll just cause a fight. So good. Okay. So uh, right. sexual intimacy, another example, two more examples. Sexual intimacy becomes scarce or for non-physical reasons. I get that some couples can't be intimate physically because there's a, some sort of health thing or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are also emotional factors as well. But if ever your sexual intimacy becomes scarce beyond the threshold of health for your marriage, that's a sign that your hearts are starting to harden a little bit toward mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And sadly, a lot of times it's a sign... Um, that there's satisfaction being found elsewhere. Mm. Um, and I don't want to sp- speak too broadly, but mm-hmm. most of the couples we've talked to, if their sex life has slowed, um, almost always the husband has been has been seeking pornography as mm-hmm. a substitute. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he is, his heart is being seared toward that sin. Mm-hmm. His conscience is being seared while his heart is being hardened toward his mm. wife. That's tragic. Yeah. And so that is a, it's a red flag. And it's, it's, it's almost like a, a thermometer, yeah. right? So there's a thermostats in your marriage, the things that you help to set the temperature. The sex, I think, is more of a thermometer and less of a thermostat. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make your marriage automatically awesome if you have an awesome sex life. But if you have an awesome marriage, mm-hmm. your sex life will usually reflect that, barring any, sure. you know, yeah. anything that, that keeps that from happening. So it's it's a it's a wise thing to kind of, regularly or as often as you feel it in your in your guts to take a look at your own sex life and say where is this are we happy with yeah, this yeah. how how are we um pursuing each other in this yeah and i think the last one um the cold cordial communication it kind of fits in with the whole um emotional distancing w- yeah, yeah yeah and the lack of like daily graces towards one another right mm. like just barely communicating mm. um overall i think the theme here in terms of like a hard heart is a constant like gaze back to ourselves ultimately right like there's something that we might be fearing there's something we might be operating in pride about um there's just kind of this this not fear for ourselves but like this self a little bit of self-preservation i think and a little bit of like i need to get mine maybe Hmm. um there's just yeah we're just concerned more about ourselves in the not healthy way right or in the way in not in a godly way like i think god is concerned for us at a level which is why he's calling us to have softer hearts right because he cares about bigger things 
for us than us just being like right in a fight with our our spouse right there's there's deeper issues here you have to help me out so okay so so a hardened heart is usually an indication that we are more self-centered yes well our tendencies our indicators are probably more self-centered right like if i'm if i'm not respecting you it's probably because i don't think you're deserving of respect so i'm thinking this like these are my gauges that are determining this. I see what you're saying. Okay, so we are so we're using human means to uh, and to understand and assess and address the situation right. as opposed to God's revealed word to govern how we love right. and and see ourselves, see our spouse and love our like spouse. Like my as a picking result. at you this lack of daily graces is it what what place is it tending to come from? Like picking at you is probably more something that is within me versus something that God's calling me to, right? Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? I feel like it's maybe definitely I'm ungodly. Just... I know that. <laughs> Not <laughs> some of it's good. So soft hearts. No, I'm just kidding. I wanted to add one. Sorry, because I think this is important for husbands to recognize. Yeah, uh, husband, mm-hmm. if you are, if you are, and it's the whole thing, like just trying to be right, right, versus trying to actually understand someone. You don't care how you you win. You just want to win the, sure. the argument. A lot of times that looks like a couple of things. Uh, talking down to your wife is a big problem. Uh, speaking to her as if she's lower than you, dumber than you, or less studied on this topic than you, and, and making, and your mannerism says all of that, right? Mm. You could say you could say the right words, but how you say it is a big thing. Um, so talking down to your wife is one way that I think, husband, your, your heart is hardened toward her. You're not actually listening and speaking to her in a way that wants to access her heart. Instead, you're just trying to be right. Mm. Uh, the other thing is uh, talking down, but also um, being dismissive of things that your wife says. So they kind of go hand in hand. Say you're arguing about some silly thing or serious thing. Either way, your wife says something and you say, ah, no, no, see, here's the, let me just explain this to you. And the word is mansplain, right? So I don't want to use that because it's a buzzword. But the whole thing I'm trying to make is that's a tendency for men in, in familiar relationships. Mm-hmm. And it happens to friendships too. Yeah. You know, there's usually one friend who's kind of got the the monopoly on the intellect and the relationship and they're always kind of <laughs> like... Always me. <laughs> Just kidding. And it happens in marriage and unfortunately that dynamic and you get too comfortable with each other yes. in that regard. That There yes. is a, such a thing as too comfortable and you lose that sense of respect and decorum. Yeah. We'll talk about next after this, we'll talk about how respect is tied to soft hearts. Mm. It's so important, but so often in conversations, men, you don't respect your wives. And I'm talking to myself, so let's let's be men who respect and love our wives I'm and how we talk to them. Sitting over here smiling because you're sharing a lot of what we just kind of walked through. I think <clears throat> the last couple of weeks of just yeah. yeah, the Lord revealing to you and to me and to different parts of our marriage. So God that's is good. Really cool that you're sharing that stuff. So God is good. Okay, so what are these battlefronts you you got here? Yes. So I'm just thinking like we where do we tend to harden our hearts the most like what are those areas right in our mind how do we think about our spouse when they're not in the room like okay that can really show me that's an indicator to me and maybe this should be called indicators right like those these are this is an indicator if i the way i'm thinking about you at this time is indicating to me whether or not i what my motivation is how my heart Mm. is in that moment that's so good the words i say how am i talking about you to others Am I talking about you the way I want to? And then I question, well, why do I want to talk about them that way? Or am I talking about them in a, in talking about them, <laughs> you, mm. in a way that is God honoring, you know, loving, and, covering and even you, spouse honoring, right, and spouse honoring, yeah. covering you, not 
not um, not hiding, but not hiding, not overinflating you, but just a wife who adores her husband, or a wife who wants to honor her husband, or a wife right. who loves her husband. Is that what's coming out of my mouth? Why or why not? You know, and that kind of again, it reflects mm. back to your heart and the 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 level of hardness or softness that you're experiencing at that moment. Um, the actions again, how we treat our spouse on a regular basis. If if Ryan and Selena came into your house and said, "Hey," <laughs> We're going to ask your spouse how they treat you on a regular basis. What, what do you think their answer would be? It's That's kind of a, a scary thing if somebody came in here and said It's a that. sobering question. It is. Not not me, not us coming in your house, but the fact that like, hey, what? how would you answer? Like, how, how do you feel like I've been treating you? Like, we'd be like, oh, they feel so provided for and loved and... Check, 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 right? Like, <laughs> and that's not the case, obviously. Mm. I feel like more often than not, it's not the, well, that's a generalization. Maybe you feel good about mm. your marriage, but. Well, okay, I'll just be honest then. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, confirm your illustration Ooh. because I've, I've often, when I find myself speaking to you in what I would say deplorable ways, right? I don't call you names. No. Nope. Other than like endearing, endearing names <laughs> that, that shall not be named. <laughs> Um, sugar mama. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I don't do those sorts of things, but I, like I said before, sometimes if we're arguing, like you, you just want to be right. And so you end up talking down to your husbands, talking down to their wives. And I just, by God's grace, I've started to see those situations almost from outside myself. And like, if, if Selena's mom were watching me talk to her this way, how would I feel? <laughs> if a friend who I respect were watching me talk to my wife in this way, would he say, would he speak up to me? Mm. And would he call me out for being basically a coward in that moment mm. and not actually pushing in to the conflict in a way that actually produces unity right. instead, of, instead of just trying to win and take cheap shots, basically, and right. snipe. Right. So that, I think, is really helpful in, in terms of these indicators. I do like the word indicators better than battlefronts because they are like, I love that, how you think about your spouse, what you're saying when they're not around. Basically, like, how's your marital integrity? We should talk about marital integrity. In other words, like, how... You keep saying these things in the podcast. <laughs> well, we should talk about this. Put them in my good, good ideas, ideas folder. Because <laughs> we're always like, God, what do you want us to talk about next week or this week? And so what should we... Is your marriage the same? Yeah. Is your marriage the same in your mind, in your words, and in your actions? Is it the same? In the, is it consistent? That's what integrity mm. is. Is it the same inside and outside? I, mean, um, do, I am going to write this down. Marital is, integrity. Is Hold what on. people see... <laughs> outside of the home what actually happens in the home like they see you praying in church well are you praying at home they see you loving your wife hugging your wife in in church or at you know whatever are you doing that at home mm. you say you love your wife at home are you telling are you telling your coworkers you love your wife and you showing them you love your wife mm. or is your wife unheard of in the workplace mm. you can go on and on with the examples right. but i right. think marital integrity is a good um indicator of how soft or hard your hearts are yes agreed so let's paint the picture of a soft heart we've we have kind of i think we've brushed over it we've talked about it we've sort of touched on it but let's really like shine the light on why we should have soft hearts how that happens yeah doesn't happen right like the lord leads us graciously that's what we're gonna talk about and and how can we where do, how do we pursue and how do we engage in what God is calling us to, right? Like hmm. we're not just, God is sovereign, but we're not just left to our own. There's some agency here. So how does, I'm hmm. always curious about like where, where does our agency 
begin and where does God's sovereignty God's sovereignty covers it all so it's really <laughs> but tricky but it's not I mean? cut and dry yeah, yeah yeah um and I love that I love that you're you're aware of uh, and hashing through that I don't know but we're going to talk about what a soft heart <laughs> actually is and the and given that he's and we'll just trust that he's using his sovereignty even in this moment to soften our hearts and well yeah there's, he's there's... giving us the agency by his sovereignty to do things that help soften our hearts. So, right. There are some efforts, I think, that we can, t- can yeah. engage in, but and we'll we're talk gonna, about that. So I want to just clearly <laughs> define what a soft heart is, and here's here's our definition for today. It's a meaningful, ongoing vulnerability to and respect to- toward another, namely your spouse. Hmm. So it's a meaningful, ongoing vulnerability to and respect toward another. So it's impossible, and then go into it, it's impossible to have a soft heart toward another if you don't respect them. So... Respect and soft hearts go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Again, we talked about the Gottmans earlier on and how contempt is like one of the s- horsemen. Mm-hmm. They say they the four call horsemen, horsemen of like, like a doomed the, marriage. Yeah, the one of the four. Like, but of, it's like of the all biggest of the bad one. Ones, yeah, the it's biggest, the, baddest it's one. Biggest, baddest. So I'd say contempt is the opposite of respect. Yeah. Like anger and disgust towards someone, meaning that I'd actually it's like it's almost how I you don't. would view a lower organism. Mm. Someone and, not made. And respect in, is the complete opposite. Image of, yeah. Respect is saying that I see you as my equal. We're both made in the image of God. Mm, and that's a Christian perspective. Yes. Without without the Christian worldview, I don't know how you get here, to be yeah. honest. Just based on humanity, because I just I, I don't Where do you I anchor? don't know how you there get there. There's no anchor. Yeah. There's no anchor. So if I see you as made in the image of God and I'm made in the image of God, not only that, so we have communicable traits of God. We won't cover all those, but there's also this thing called sin and we're both sinners and we've both been saved by what? Grace. Grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I did to earn it. I didn't somehow catch Christ's eye in the crowd and he said, you, you can be saved because I did some moral thing. Mm. Neither of us did anything. So we have nothing but complete level playing field made in the image of god sinner saved by grace should this not bring about humility right should this not respect it brings about respect for one another because you see a creature of god right right a brother or sister and i think it does come back that does lead us to humility i just didn't want to gloss over respect quite yet i want to make sure that that's right there you go and then humility go (laughs) (laughs) i humbly submit (laughs) no i think i i agree i think respect is definitely more in the, I yes, I want respect. I'm sorry, I, I'm viewing respect through. There's a lot of conversations happening in my head, so I, I just am like, yes, respect, duh. But like, it's not. It's more than that. It's well, so much more. Well, me. So I climbed the mountain. I mentioned this last week. I climbed the mountain, and God and I, we were talking. And one of the things He impressed in my heart was to uh, ask you more questions. Mm-hmm. And because I asked God, how can I love Selena better? I want to love my wife well. How? And he said, Just ask, ask her more that. questions so. and uh, don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> so not asking questions and jump, jumping to conclusions are not humble things to do. Right. So, but right. by asking you questions, right. I'm actually showing you respect. And I'm saying like what you are thinking and feeling is valid. Right. It's important. It's not to be dismissed. It's not to be glossed over. It's not to be assumed. Oh, I yeah. need to hear you say those things Yeah. instead of trying to 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. <laughs> okay, so you want respect? That's right. what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. No, that's good. No, it's good. That I, I could do. Convince you of You're that. defining it. No, I'm giving that example of like we can so quickly just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But this is what like I gotcha. want to throw in your face, right? So, <laughs> yes, there's an aspect of respect that demands humility, right? We we understand mm. first how Christ loved and forgive forgave us. If you're ever dealing with pride. And your heart feels hard and like, I shouldn't have to extend forgiveness. Mm. Well, definitely go to the, God's word on this. Definitely understand who the person of Christ is and who, the work that he has fulfilled and finished. Mm. Therefore, right, if I have been forgiven of so much, I can love my spouse by God's grace and the power of his Holy Spirit. I can be secure in my identity and have confidence in the Lord when I do things that like I can keep a soft heart is what ultimately what I say. I can keep a soft heart when my spouse has a hard heart because God has allowed and empowered me to do this. Oh, that's so hard. If you, It if, is. No, it's not easy. It's, it's, so, it's so hard. It's so hard. By the way, if you're, if you're struggling with that notion, read Matthew 18, the last half of Matthew 18. That's the parable of the unforgiving servant that hmm. we talked about earlier. And it's basically saying like, at, at what point is my... Forgiveness to be exhausted. Yes. I forget who asked, I think it was Peter. Yeah, Peter asked Jesus, basically, how many times should I uh, forgive a brother? And Jesus basically says, without count. Yeah. There shouldn't be a limit. And let me tell you why. And there's this parable of the unforgiving servant, and it's very humbling. So like right. how, and we always say this in our own kind of yeah. circles, is how how can I possibly hold my wife's sin against her if God has not held my sin against me? Right, right. Insert thing there. Like, yep, yep. So we should have kind of an endless sense of right. respect because of this humility that comes. It's, it's wonderful. It's gospel-centered right. humbleness. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. So um, I, I just still like this theme of being clay, like in the potter's hands. You see, there's a theme. I mean, Isaiah 64, they talk about like, you know, just being, we are God's workmanship, right? We are the clay in his hand. And there's a truth there, I think, about you know, being soft, being clay, not being stone, right? We're sitting at the feet of Jesus. We're listening. We're waiting. We're resigned to hear and do what he says. We're going to love even when those overflowing feelings of love are not there towards our spouse. We're going to respect them because why? The Lord has called us to do this. So how can we love our spouse this way? How can we keep that soft heart and remain selfless and, and love and in have an enduring love, right? That is going to mm. have some endurance that is going to be hopeful in all things. Mm. How can we do this by knowing that we are saved and loved and mm. have our eternal hope in Christ. And this works itself out again through our, knowing that our identity is rooted in Christ going to his word. And again, rooting ourselves in his word, because that we, we have to let the Bible govern our thoughts <laughs> and our notions and yes. how we live our lives. It sounds so trivial, but I um, think we just continually live in denial of his word. Probably and, one of the least trivial things you've ever said. Okay. <laughs> that we have to let God's word govern our thoughts and lives. Sorry, yeah. I'm, <laughs> Sorry. I had a little Michael Scott moment of like started a just sentence keep talking, and then no. just kept going and wasn't really sure. And then I was like, yep, this was the point I was trying to make. <laughs> I'm sure okay. the listeners picked up on that. It, no, it's okay. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. So another, so we're contrasting again. This is what a soft heart looks like. We talked about what a hard heart looks like. So, well, it does come from Hebrews twelve too about how not to, uh, it's Hebrews three 
12 through 15, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So all of these like aspects of a hardened heart come from this verse of like Hmm. unbelief, right? Leading you away. Hmm. Um, But we're supposed to exhort one another to not be hardened by deceitfulness of Hmm. sin, right? So if there's, so I'm contrasting like in my mind, I mean, hopefully listeners are hearing these things saying, yes, ah, this is where like the hardness of heart is spouting up this because I'm, I'm believing lies. Like there's things here that I'm not leaning into the Lord. I'm falling away from God. And I, I, I can see this because my heart is hardened. These are the ways I'm acting and the oh, examples that we're giving. The most difficult thing about having a hard heart is sometimes I don't even realize that you yes, do. Yes. It's a blind spot. Yes. You think I'm just, I'm right. I'm correct. I'm trying to show her in a way that is loving right. and she's not listening. And, and maybe there's, it's possible to have a soft heart and have that conversation. It's also very possible to have a hard heart and right. have that conversation because right. you don't realize maybe the way you're affecting the situation, the way that you're perceiving the situation. Right. And so we, that's why we rely on the Holy Spirit. Like that's why we pray. That's why we spend time in God's word yes. because it is the light that shines itself into our hearts and, right. and is the authority in mm-hmm. our hearts because we can read it and God will convict us in really faithful ways. It, all of this outside, all all of this done in the vacuum that is in a vacuum that's void of God's word or prayer or mm. Christian community is going to be in vain. We Absolutely. need God's help Absolutely. in all these things. So. And so I want to I want to take us down to these these efforts. And I think you just named a fourth one. I had three, but there's always a fourth. There's always one more. Um, <laughs> Good things come in threes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like four. So four efforts toward keeping a soft heart towards your spouse. Right. And you kind of named almost all three of them, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's good. It's I wasn't good. reading it. I no, cheating. I know you weren't. Um, uh, the first one I think is, is prayer. And these are in a different order than what they're written because there is, I think, power to order, right? we serve a God of order. So prayer, mm. pray for you and your spouse's heart to remain clay, yeah. soft, pliable, humble towards God and towards each other. Um, honestly, before, and I said this in the last episode before Ryan went on his be and believe day up to the Mount St. Helens, I was just praying for him the week before. And I didn't, I didn't realize like he was going to go do this on that day. It wasn't like, Oh, I better pray so that I get my prayers in so that he, (laughs) God works on that time. Right. It's not how it works. It was very much like, God, there's, I feel like there's kind of this burden between us and I, I don't really know how to explain it. And maybe it's just me, but God just like soften our hearts, help me to either see What's going on? Change our hearts, God. Bring some unity to us because I feel like like we're just not experiencing it right now. And you kind of gave an example of like reminding ourselves, right? God, only God can change and soften hearts. And how does He how does He turn us towards Him? Right? You were just saying like it's like a toddler. You're grabbing their face, saying like, "Look in my eyes," and they're just like looking everywhere else. Look everywhere but your eyes. (laughs) You can't you can't make their eyes turn. You You can make their face turn. You can't. It's the same with your spouse. You can maybe feel like you're like taking control and trying to turn your spouse towards towards God or to soften his or her heart but only God can do that. Mm. Only God can can lead our spouse to him. We that is not necessarily our job. So remembering that, mm. I think praying for that, sorry, praying for that is is the first way that we can start 
um, remembering that, which would I, I would say probably be number yeah. two. Uh, I have a, just on prayer. This yeah. is why I love prayer. Is prayer is like in it. It's an admission that we can't do it. Yes. So we go to God. Yes. And that's why it's so important. Yes. And that's what you were saying, but I just wanted to make sure that tone that was noted is that it's a resignation. Yes. God, please act because I can't make this so happen. Good. Yeah. So good. Um, and then I was <laughs> blindly going into remembering, right? Remembering that only God can change hearts. Only God can soften hearts. So through that prayer, we are resigning ourselves to this notion, to this truth that only God can change hearts. And that is good. We need that's to good. resign to that. Um, in our prayer too, I think we can, maybe there's just, should be a prayer thing, but we got to repent and believe in our prayers. Just embrace mm. this life of a believer, lovingly help each other, do it together, repent of your pride, repent of your lack of respect towards each other that you know you've shown. Mm. And in our prayers, God, help us, help us to see the areas that we need to repent and believe in our marriage, in mm. our lives. How am I not repenting to my spouse? Where am I, is my heart hardened in this area and wow. why? God, help me. Repent and believe, embrace it, and do it together to one another, like towards one another, um, and with your kids. Like just embrace that on a full scale. Um, and then the fourth one, the last one, because you mentioned it, is just if we're not in a, a community of people, right? It's going to be really hard for us to maybe see some of those blind spots or yeah. to see those hard those ways in which our hearts have hardened towards one another. Mm-hmm. And I think there's very loving ways we can we can do that with people. Um, Again, it begins with asking questions, being humble, um, coming to them with with total respect and humility and saying, hey, I'm noticing this. Have you noticed this? Are there, is this consistent? You know, just there's ways to to walk through that. That's good. And that Christian community could look like a small group at your church. It Mm -hmm. could look like a single friend. It could look like a father or a mother or a brother or a sister who just happens to, who knows you and wants to advocate for your marriage. Yeah. Do you mean single friend, like not married or one person? One person. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was like, well, I'm saying, yeah, just, it could be just <laughs> not a group of friends, but one friend yes. in particular yes. could, uh, be that community for you. And that, we talk about Christian community quite a bit in our latest book, see through marriage yeah. and the difference of Christian community, uh, the difference between Christian community and just community or a Christian friend versus a friend. And of course we can have friends who aren't Christians, but we are called to have Christian friends that fill this spot so that for this reason, so they can be the light to shine on our blind spots. The mutuality is Jesus and the gospel. Like that is what we share. That's the mutual. Yeah. And so we talk a lot about not, not, um, forgetting to, to have that, your friendship slots kind of slotted for Christian community. Cause yeah, yeah. uh, we won't get into that anymore. Um, so with that, I want to leave this encouragement, this verse, I just find so encouraging because you could be listening to this thinking, oh, great, right? My <laughs> husband is completely inaccessible to me yeah. or my wife is completely like she's, she's written off our marriage. There's, she's basically Or she's not going to listen to me anymore. Like I've, I've just I preached burned, at her too much. <laughs> yeah. Or I burned those bridges and there's yeah. no way to find a way back. If there's ever been a nation that was hopeless, it was God's people. It was a nation of Israel Mm. and and in the middle of their rebellion, right? They were just so destitute, so oppressed, so hopeless. Mm. And we see God's grace allowing that because they, they would, they would need it. They would need to be corrected and Mm. he would lovingly correct them. His promise never faded, Mm. right? He was, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he, his promise he made to Abraham that he would make him a great nation. That, promise was unconditional. Mm -hmm. We see the promise he made to David that he would establish a king, 
right? And he would establish a greater king. And that we would, that's the, the Davidic covenant. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is that we have to remember God's promises that when we put our faith and our trust in him, he alone is perfectly faithful. Mm. And so I want, I look back in the old Testament in Ezekiel when he's praying for the nation and, and, uh, He's prophesying, and this is the verse that comes to mind, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Only God can do this, mm. friends. Only he can can give put a new spirit, give us a new heart, give us a new spirit. And praise him for that. Yes. Celebrate that. Thank yes. you, God. And so the answer, like Selena was saying, is not in us. It's not anthropocentric. It's not human-centered. It's not what book can I read? What psychologist can I see? Some of that's helpful. It's great. It's a grace of God to have access to books and psychologists, but only God changes hearts. Mm. So we have to trust him with our hearts, with, with our marriage, with the heart of our spouse. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess maybe for a, I don't know, for a conversation challenge, maybe just ask plainly. Do you feel like I have a soft heart toward you, to your spouse? Mm. Do 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 you believe we have soft hearts toward each other? Mm. See where that conversation goes. Um, maybe, and if you wanted to go real far into the the challenge, the couples conversation <laughs> challenge, um, ask yourselves: What if somewhere someone were here watching our conversations? What would they say? Mm. Are we are we lovingly respectful toward each other? Mm. So just see where that conversation goes. Um, yeah, God is good. He'll he'll faithfully uh, use it, hopefully. Um, I want to make a quick note. We're going to pray. But before we do that, I want to mention this resource because we did talk about prayer. And I feel like this I feel like this is a good moment to share this with yeah. our listeners. 40prayers.com. Okay, that's our pair of couples devotionals. It's just 40prayers.com. And the titles of the books are 40 Prayers for My Wife, 40 Prayers for My Husband. And it's basically everything we've talked through is recognizing that um, I have to bring my marriage to God because only he can make it what it needs mm. to be. And so actually in the beginning of the books, um, there's again, one for each, you each go, go through your own inventory, your inventory, like how's our communication? How's our agreement around finances? Mm-hmm. How's our sexual intimacy? And you kind of do on a one to 10, you rate yourselves and then you spend 40 days praying. And there are break days in there where you just might journal. There's also room to journal in the prayer book. And you pray, it's all about scripture because we believe prayer is a response to what God has already mm. said in scripture. And so we're, a lot of times we're praying scripture back to God after reviewing what he said. And it's really amazing to see how couples have gone through this and they've done the inventory at the beginning. And at the end, you do the same inventory and you see how has our communication gotten better? Mm. How has our sexual intimacy gotten better? Whatever that is. Um, so anyway, I just feel like I feel led to share that with you. Go to 40prayers.com if that's interesting. I think the books are like 12 bucks a piece. Um, of course, you can get a bundle. Ah, let's pray. Okay. Do you want to pray or should I pray? You pray. Lord, I'm thankful um, just for your grace uh, on our lives here that we're able to record this and the listeners' lives being able to listen to this. Mm -hmm. I pray that uh, we were faithful to your word. And I pray that your word would illumine in our hearts just a new affection for you, an affection for your word, affection for your way of doing things, your way of loving. I pray that we would want to obey you out of a desire just to be more like you, our Savior. I pray that I pray for the couples who are struggling that they would um, find their hope in you first and foremost, and then they would find their help in your word, mm-hmm. and they would move forward step by step toward healing, reconciliation with whatever struggle they're facing. 
embolden the husband, embolden mm. the wife uh, by your word to address uh, whatever obstacles they're, they're approaching with faithfulness and with faith and with your word in hand. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is... And we can. All right. We'll see you as usual in a few days. We have an interview going live this week, so Ooh. make sure you tune in on Thursday. And until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.